Hey, y'all. Um, welcome back to, I guess, maybe the real ramble. I have no idea what to title this podcast or where to publish this, but I've been really thinking of recording this for a little bit now. So I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3 last week, and going into it, I have, like, decently high expectations. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I had just watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2 going into this one, and I love that movie. I think the ending is spectacular. I think it's really beautiful how it paints a picture of fatherhood and shows how Yondu was Peter's real dad. And I love the arc Rocket has where he feels like he's a burden on others and he's afraid to show emotion. So he kind of lashes out at other people and tries to do things for attention when really he's the one who's hurting the most. I thought that was a really great arc. And the way his journey mirrored Yondu's journey was really beautiful. It's also a funny note that actually a James Gunn movie was the first movie I reviewed on The Real Ramble with Isabel back in the day. We reviewed The Suicide Squad, which is still to this day one of my favorite comic book movies I've ever seen. But I went in to see Guardians 3, and I came out, and I had a lot of thoughts on the movie. I'll give some spoiler-free thoughts first, obviously, because I really loved this movie. I thought that it was hilarious. I thought that it was beautiful. I thought that the direction was great. There's an amazing action scene in a hallway that I think everyone's talked about if they've seen the movie. I thought the way that they use music was excellent. I think that every single song in the movie has a purpose. And I think James Gunn is really good at just integrating purpose into the soundtrack. And he always, you watch a movie like The Suicide Squad 2016, where the music is just there to, you know, get people's attention because it's like a pop song. But James Gunn always has a purpose in using music, whether it's like a massive song like Creep or just like a smaller song that might not be as relevant today, but might be relevant to the scene happening or the character's emotions. Obviously, I'm not going to act like this movie is perfect. I mean, like the pacing is kind of bad in the first 20 minutes. And I think the first 20 minutes overall, even though I really like the opening, it's just kind of all over the place. And it doesn't feel like this movie really starts until the second act. But once this movie really gets going, it gets going. And it's really emotional. The one thing I haven't referred to is the characters because... I won't lie, it got me really emotional. And I wouldn't make an episode of The Real Ramble again if a movie didn't really impact me. Because, I mean, this podcast has been done for like a year now. I mean, Isabel still does episodes or whatever. But like, I have not done a podcast um, for The Real Ramble in a really long time. But I think the time in my life that I'm recording this is also really important. I mean, I'm a senior in high school. It's May 12th, meaning that I'm going to graduate soon. And you know, I'm going off to a better school at this point. I'm going off to NYU, which was like a goal of mine for so long. But I got to say that I never really felt excited for that. I've always felt like uncomfortable with the idea that all of this is ending, that the routine that I'd had for so long is just going to be over. I'm going to be structureless for a while and I'm going to have to get accustomed to some sort of new normal. And obviously, this is kind of a given when you're growing older. I mean, I've had the same thing in middle school when I graduated like four years ago. You know, in elementary school, obviously, I graduated. And now it's just another step in my life. But ultimately, even though I know the path that I'm taking forward, I know I'm going to NYU. And I know like the bare bones plans of everything. I just am left with a feeling of uncertainty and anxiety. What I've learned from these experiences what I've learned this year as I've been experiencing these emotions, especially as it gets closer and closer to me graduating, is that I'm afraid of the end. I'm afraid of the end of high school. I'm afraid of the end of friendships. I'm afraid of the end of status quo. And even on a deeper level, you know, I'm afraid of the end in general. I'm afraid of the end of life. 
I'm afraid of the end of everything I know. And this might seem like a weird connection, but I think it's important to note that, just to connect it back to what I'm talking to, the Marvel Cinematic Universe itself is afraid of ending. We had a conclusive note with Avengers Endgame, which in any logical story would have been the end of the entire franchise because there's nowhere left to go. But of course, because the MCU is really profitable, they have to keep making movies. They have to keep raising the stakes. First, it was the Infinity Saga. Now it's the Multiverse Saga. And then I don't even know what it'll be after the Multiverse Saga ends. They just have to keep going. In comic book media in general, there's just this sentiment that you have to keep going. Issue after issue. Movie after movie in this case. But that's why I want to talk about Guardians 3. Because Guardians 3 is important because James Gunn emphasize that there is an ending. I think it's really interesting that throughout the marketing of this movie, the way that James Gunn talks about it, the way the cast talks about it, everyone knows that this is the final chapter for the Guardians of the Galaxy as we know it. Whether or not Disney decides to make more of them with different characters, the Guardians that we have come to know and love, that group is over. That's why I think this movie is so important. That's why I want to talk about it because I want to talk about how the conclusion of this movie portrays endings in general and shows how some things can come to a close naturally and how people can just evolve and change. And I want to talk about Rocket really quick. Like going into this movie, everyone really expected Rocket to die because he was so prominent in the marketing, in the trailers, the posters, and all of the promotional material for this movie really showed that Rocket was going to be the emotional core of this movie. And in the Suicide Squad, James Gunn built up the precedent that anyone can die in his movies. And the trailers are right because Rocket is the emotional core of this movie. His story of abuse at the hands of the high evolutionary but still being able to make friends with Teefs and Floor and Lila, the other animals that the high evolutionary abused, and him ultimately losing those friends, losing those connections that he had due to factors that were kind of out of his control. Obviously, the high evolutionary had them killed and... They were never even supposed to make it to the paradise that the high evolutionary was making. And obviously during the present day events of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, the entire group's mission is to save Rocket's life because at the start of the movie, Adam Warlock gravely injures him when they're fighting. And obviously the Guardians have to go find the MacGuffin that can save Rocket Raccoon's life, whatever. That, that part doesn't matter. What matters is the conclusion of Rocket's arc because the emotionally manipulative thing that the movie could have done is just have Rocket Raccoon die and have the Guardians go back in blood and try and get revenge on the High Evolutionary. But no, instead they show that Rocket has so much left to live for. Even if his friends are gone, he now has new family in the Guardians of the Galaxy and he has to learn his own identity and come to terms with the fact that even though he had such a horrible creation, he's grown into such a great creature, not a, not a person, I guess. He's a raccoon, but he learns that he's a raccoon and he takes pride in that at the end of the movie. And he goes out of his way to save the other animals who have been abused by the High Evolutionary. And that's a far more satisfying ending than him just dying. Now the other arc that I think was really emotionally impactful for me was Peter Quill's arc, Star-Lord, you know? He is the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy or he has been the face of the Guardians of the Galaxy since the first movie. However, Peter has been going through some things. He lost the love of his life, Gamora, in Avengers Infinity War. And in Endgame, they bring back a variant of Gamora. And I think the easy thing would have been to just have this Gamora replace the original one and have no changes at all. But instead, Gunn decides to make the decision to have this Gamora be a completely different person with completely different goals, which makes sense because this is just a different version of Gamora. But that's hard for Peter Quill to accept. 
it's hard to see the shell of a former person that he loved act completely differently and not show the same affection that the old Gamora did towards him. And throughout the movie, Peter Quill tries to tell the new version of Gamora what the old version was like and the relationship they had and how beautiful they were together. But this really means nothing to the old Gamora because this is just like a dream. This is not like reality to her. She never lived these moments even though Peter did. So ultimately, they mean nothing to her. And I love that Peter's arc isn't trying to fix Gamora. Like, kind of mirroring the high evolutionary where his goal is just to fix everything and find perfection. Instead, Peter learns to just let go. He learns that his relationship with Gamora is over. The Gamora that he loved is lost, is gone. And this Gamora, this new version, is her own individual. And it's up to her to choose whatever future, whatever family she wants, even if it's without Star-Lord. I think that's what makes this ending so difficult at the end, but just such a fitting ending to their relationship because even though star lord doesn't get to be with gamora he's able to find peace in the fact that gamora has found her own family in the ravagers and that she'll be okay there's this sentiment that peter has that everyone around him all of the support that he had is gone his mother died yondu died gamora his version of gamora died and mantis responds by saying that he can't keep using these people especially the women in his life like lily pads and that he needs to learn to, to swim by himself. And this was really impactful for me because at the start of this year, I wrote this article. It never ended up getting published. And it was about learning to swim by yourself, about mental health struggles, but how you can overcome them. And I really think a lot about the idea of feeling like drowning, but knowing that you're not helpless and being able to swim back to the surface and swim, even if it feels like you're swimming against the current. And I love that at the end of the movie, Star-Lord learns to swim by himself, or at least tries to take the life jacket off. And now finally, I want to talk about the actual ending of the movie, because I've been alluding a lot to the importance of endings a lot. And this is why Guardians 3 really hurt, but I really think it was something that I needed to see. At the end of the movie, because Star-Lord decided that he needed to learn to swim, he says goodbye to the Guardians of the Galaxy. He says goodbye to Rocket, Mantis, Drax, all of them. He decides that he needs to go back to Earth and stop running from his past and come to terms with the loss of his mother entirely and meet his grandfather. Mantis, who I haven't really talked about at all, who's been a slave to Ego her whole life and then went along with whatever the Guardians of the Galaxy did, she needs to find her own path and she decides to go off on her own. She decides to also leave the Guardians of the Galaxy. And of course, Nebula, who I also haven't talked about, Thanos' daughter and sister of Gamora, decides that she's done fighting and she wants to build Nowhere, which is the base of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and make it in her own image where she can support all of the children that the High Evolutionary kidnapped. That's a whole thing, whatever. Just watch the movie. It's really good. So obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy, as we know it, is ending. That's the implication. There are going to be no more adventures with this version of the Guardians. Even if they see each other, it's just not the same as it once was. And I think Drax's reaction really got to me because even though he's kind of the comedic relief of the group, even though he's a very serious character in his own right, he was really not ready for this. And he gets really emotional, especially when Mantis decides to leave and he feels uncertainty in his own right about the future, even though he now has a purpose on Nowhere to be a father figure to a lot of the people, a lot of the children who the High Evolutionary had kidnapped. Now, he can finally fulfill his role as Drax the Dad and abandon the moniker of Drax the Destroyer. But obviously he's hurt by this. He's hurt by so much change happening so quickly. And I really related to that. 
I really relate because even though I can at least feel certainty of what my literal future will be, I feel emotional uncertainty over what my future will be. But that's why I think the end of this movie is so perfect. Because even though it's emotionally brutal, and I think the, it leaves the audience really hurt because their favorite group of people is just no longer together anymore. You know, they're no longer going to go on adventures anymore. And it leaves a lot of the characters hurt. But ultimately, the point is that people change. These characters change. Peter Quill is no longer just the petty galactic thief he was in Guardians 1. Rocket Raccoon is no longer just, I guess, the bounty hunter or whatever he is at the start of Guardians 1. All of these characters have gone through a lot of change and they've grown together. They've really learned to love each other. But even though they love each other, they still have so much growing to do without each other. So it is ultimately healthy that they are going on their separate paths. They're going to define their own futures. But at the same time, that doesn't erase the love that they have for each other. It doesn't erase all the history they have together. And that really impacted me because I know that it's going to be really hard. It's going to be extremely hard for me to let go of everything and embrace the change and be comfortable with the ending of maybe even my time at Scott Scoop or my time with my friends or my time at Carlmont, you know? These ending friendships and these ending relationships are really gonna hurt. But the love that these produced is forever. The love that I have for these people is forever. And nothing can really change that. And that's why Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was really impactful for me. Because even though it's this silly little Marvel movie from a franchise that I've been growing up with since I was eight years old, it was able to show me better than almost anything else how the ending, it can be really painful, but it can be beautiful. And with that, I want to close out this podcast. This is going to be my last podcast I ever do for Scott Center, no matter what. Even if I end up recording something later than this, I want this to be my last published thing on Scott Center. Um, I want to thank everyone, I guess. I want to thank Mr. Raisner for giving me my opportunity to become a part of Scott Center. I want to thank Ava Richards, my first editor for podcasting. I want to thank Kayleen, my second editor for podcasting. I want to thank Isabel Wright my original partner for The Real Ramble. I want to thank Lucy Lobshire for being my first editor this year and being really kind to me. And I want to thank Carolina Quadros. She's been an amazing managing editor for podcasting and just been an incredible positive impact in my life. And I'm glad that that even happened at all. That's all I have to say. Thank you to everyone who has ever tuned in to me for Scott Center, who's ever read one of my articles in Highlander or Scott Scoop or anyone who's just supported me in high school. I really appreciate it. And this is this podcast is for you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Run for